Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Dr. David DeRose here with American Indian Living. We're broadcasting from the venue of Orlando, Florida. We're here at the ASI International Convention. We're recording in August of 2018, and I've got another great guest sitting across from me in our virtual studio here in the exhibit area. It's Denitra Gary. Denitra, glad to have you with us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Denitra and I first got acquainted when um, Denitra reached out to me about doing a radio interview. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your role in radio work. Well, I am the host of the show Surviving to Thriving, Total Freedom from a Biblical Approach. And the whole purpose of the show is to help you to grow in your relationship with God and to really have the foundation um, and, and to, uh, you know, you'll learn all these different things about health, about um uh, about relationships, about marriage, um, just all these different things that you, you go through, parenting. So we have all these different topics, and we give you the foundational tools from a biblical approach and how you can apply them to your practical life every day. Now, one of the things I find interesting as we speak about biblical approach, I, I have listeners who say, yes, I mean, the Bible, I can relate to that. I've embraced a Christian worldview, but other people in Indian country, when they hear Bible, Christianity, they think European oppression, Mm. colonization, historical trauma. So some people in Indian country, biblical themes resonate with them, others don't. But what I love about what you're doing, Mm -hmm. what other people are doing as they look at these concepts, is you're saying, yeah, these are concepts found in the Bible, but they really transcend biblical principles we're really talking about things that anybody can relate to right uh if we're talking about justice and humility and kindness and some of these values they're really powerful and they're life-changing so we want to focus in on these things and again if you're just joining us we're in an exhibit hall so you'll catch some of that ambiance when announcements are taking place or people are traveling by a booth just to give you the the setting I'm sitting across from a big banner that says Native Ministries, Seventh-day Adventist Church. And across from me, there's a a beautiful exhibit there. Uh, The magazine, American Indian Living, is being focused there. And this radio show, American Indian Living Radio, is actually an extension, if you will, of that magazine. We're partners as we're making a difference in Indian country. And different people are coming through this exhibit area. And uh, Denitra, one of them. Denitra, your background is as a licensed clinical social worker, right, correct? Right. And just for someone who, you know, they say, well, I've always heard about that. What does that mean? What does a person like you do? Well, a licensed, I'm glad that you asked that because a lot of people don't understand social work. Uh, they think uh, typically because of what, how media and uh, has betrayed us, they think that we just pull babies out of homes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't pull babies out of homes. I don't really even work with babies. I actually work with adults and I have always worked with adults. And so um, part of what being a social worker is, is advocating for others, mm-hmm. um, advocating for others in their community, advocating 
advocating for others with resources, providing support, um, providing them with whatever information they need. I, I take it and I apply my own principles to it and I just meet their needs Mm -hmm. because that's what I believe God always does for us and so I believe that uh, social work is a very powerful powerful job to have because you get to help to meet the needs of the person whether their needs are just getting food Mm -hmm. or whether their needs is finding a doctor or whether their needs are you know finding clothing um you're just working with them to meet their immediate need and um that's pretty much the the basis of what we do but also we do a lot of counseling a lot of therapy um reaching out to people helping them to meet their needs mentally helping them to meet their needs spiritually spiritually because i i come at it from a spiritual approach in social work um but i also work uh in other atmospheres where i'm not doing spiritual work uh mission work or whatever i um just work out in the community too and um doing medical social work and i'm just meeting the needs of the person whether it be spiritual whether it be practical whether it be mental in their environment what do they need how can i help them and and we're just very resourceful you learn about what's going on in the particular community that you're in and you learn about what that person needs and you try to figure out how you can help them in the best way. That's the gist of it. Well, what I love about what you're sharing is it's practical, it's needs-based. And a lot of people would say, well, this, and I'm sure you would tell me, this is a biblical value, right? Mm-hmm. To give to other people, to meet their needs. And I love what one of my friends says. He's a uh, uh, Native American, and he talks about some of the way that Christianity was misrepresented in Indian country mm. historically, where people came with a mindset of conquest instead of a, a mindset of um, collaboration or uh, humility. Mm. And he really says, hey, I look at, quote, American history and Native Americans here, they were acting more on Christian principles, or if you would say biblical principles, than the Europeans who said they were Christians. Mm. And so I love what you're doing because you're saying, I'm interested in giving back. I'm interested in making a difference. I'm interested in helping. And that's what my profession's all about. Denitra, I see your radio work is doing the same thing. You're really trying to speak to a broad audience. You're not on a Christian network, right? Mm -hmm. No, I'm not on a Christian network. I'm actually one of the only Christians on the network. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I believe that everybody needs to have their needs met, Mm -hmm. um, no matter who you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, God created us to have needs. And so it doesn't matter who you are. You don't have to be a Christian to have needs. And so I, I believe in serving other people and providing their needs. And I do that from a biblical approach. And it's a blessing. Uh, and you can take what I'm what I'm applying if you aren't a Christian, and you can still apply it to your life. Mm-hmm. Having a healthy lifestyle, eating healthy, um, listening to certain things that will benefit you, your your body, your soul, your spirit. You know, watching what you watch, watching who you talk to, just being mindful of your environment. All these things can be applied to you from a practical standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so that is what I I teach on the show. So let's bring someone into kind of that world of your radio show. If someone says, okay, this lady sounds like she's got something interesting. They listen to American Indian Living today and maybe whatever's airing next on the network that's airing the show maybe is of not int- of interest to them. 
Can they just on demand uh, listen to programming that you've developed? Yes. If you go to voiceamerica.com, mm-hmm. you can type in Surviving to Thriving, or you can type in Denitra Gary, D-E-N-E-T-R-A, Gary, G-A-R-Y, and you'll be able to find um, the list of episodes. You'll be able to search. And they, there's a wide range of episodes from healing, from mental pain, trauma, hurt, abuse, uh, health, which you did a show, Dr. DeRose, mm-hmm. on um, diabetes and high blood pressure. Um, and then there's a show on applying the nine, uh, the, the natural laws of health and how they apply to us from a biblical standpoint. There is a parenting. There mm-hmm. is... Uh, what else do I have? Um, media and how it affects your brain. Oh, really? Okay. So there's all different types of of genres that will reach anybody. Um, this is female, great. male, female communication. I have a segment on that. Uh huh. Um, I'm trying to go through in my brain all the different topics that we discuss. Um, but there's a variety of different things that will meet all of our needs. Well, we want to talk about some of these topics, but before we do, I want to make sure that I and my listeners have the information. So your show airs on a network called Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com, and you can also catch me on www.w4cy.com. W4CY. W4CY is the is the network that I'm going to be switching to. And they already have all the content there. Oh, okay. So you can go to W4CY and type in my name, or you can look at the drop-down menu, and you'll find Surviving to Thriving, Total Freedom from a Biblical Approach. Right now, I'm still on Voice America, so you can see it there as well. But that's not going to be for the long term. For the long term, you'll want to go to W4CY.com. Okay, okay. So I think I've got this down. So I've got Surviving to Thriving? Exactly. Okay, Surviving to Thriving. That is the name of Denitra's show. Mm -hmm. And what I'm making a special note of is where that show is now archived and where it's headed, right? Mm -hmm. I can get all the shows at W4CY.com. And you can also go to iHeartRadio. I'm oh, really? on all, you can check the show out on demand on iHeartRadio, Surviving to Thriving, same thing, total freedom from a biblical approach. So okay. there's all different types of ways you can find find it, iHeartRadio, W4CY, or VoiceAmerica.com. Okay, and uh, Denitra is spelled D-E-N-E-T-R-A, uh-huh. and the last name is Gary, yep. G-A-R-Y. Yes, sir. Okay, so... You've got us uh, drawn in. You're a radio host, licensed clinical social worker. Mm-hmm. You're trying to help people wherever they're at with their various challenges. I know one of the things I picked up on that um, we usually don't talk much about. Now, we have uh, had folks speak about family health, but this whole idea of male-female communications. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you're the host. Mm-hmm. You had an expert talking about that, but did you walk away with any take-home lessons that might be helpful for us to apply today. Absolutely. And I'll take you back a little bit through my own personal experience. I have had a a deep, and this is why I do what I do Mm -hmm. and why I desire to help people because I come from a dysfunctional family. Um, Probably everybody comes from a dysfunctional (laughs) family to some degree. So so I come from a deep, deep root of rejection. And as a result of my root of rejection, I always tried to find something or someone to fulfill me. 
And as uh, and you know, in relationships with people, not just with uh, male female attraction, but relationship with people just didn't work out all the time for me. I was always irritated, fighting with somebody, agitated, frustrated. And so the whole point in me getting healed is so that when I get into a relationship. I'm not this person that's bringing all this pain and pulling on this person to fulfill mm-hmm. my needs, mm-hmm. pulling on that person to fulfill me on the inside, that I'm getting my needs met completely by God. Mm-hmm. And I'm allowing him to fill me to make me whole. And then when I go to the other person who I'm with, or not even just another person, but a person in general, whether uh-huh. it's a friend, a family member, or whatever, I'm not pulling on them uh-huh. to uh-huh. make me feel better, to do something for me emotionally. Uh-huh. And so that was the that is pretty much the gist of the male-female communication as far as I'm concerned. And what okay. I've learned is that um, I want to get filled up so that because – and I want to be whole and complete so that when I go in a relationship, I'm not expecting someone to complete me or to fulfill me. Mm-hmm. I'm going in that as a whole person, and then I'm going to look for a whole person, and we're going to come together, and we're going to fulfill whatever mission that it is we're to fulfill. But it's not going to be these two half-broken people, because that's how where I came from. I came from two half-broken people that tried to make something work, and it mm-hmm. didn't. And as a result of that generational trauma, happened throughout the family that I had to suffer from. So a lot of the things that I suffer from weren't because of what I did. It was because of where I came from, because I came from two broken people. And so my goal is to help people to get complete and whole so that they're not coming into brokenness with a partner and trying to get that person to fulfill them. And that that's part of the male-female communication for me is to really be uh, have make a concerted effort to get completely whole before you link up with someone else. I love this message. And, of course, you're speaking from, a, as you put it, a biblical foundation. But anyone, regardless of what their exactly. spiritual foundation is, you're saying, you know, be whole yourself. Yes. Uh, really be comfortable with who you mm-hmm. are. Don't go into relationships trying to fulfill your needs exactly. because then you're trying to exploit exactly. someone else, exactly. kind of hijack their life to try to meet your needs, and it right. never works, does it? No, and we do that in so many different ways, not just in the male-female uh, mm-hmm. uh, interaction. We do that with people. You know, you say things to somebody, you'd be like, does this look, does this look nice on me today? Trying to get them to, to, to give you some sort of reaction. And then when they don't give you what you wanted, then you're upset. You're frustrated. But when we're whole and complete, we don't have to pull pull on people for anything. Wow. Denitra Gary is sharing with us things from her radio show, from her own walk, and the practical things that can make a difference for you. We've got a lot more coming up on today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We'll be back with a lot more on today's edition. Don't go away. We'll be right back. More right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. 
For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose and American Indian Living. Our venue, Orlando, Florida, the ASI 2018 International Convention. Denitra Gary sitting across from me, a licensed clinical social worker who hosts the show Surviving to Thriving, an internationally broadcast radio show. You can listen to it on iHeartRadio as well as many other Internet-based stations. Denitra, we've been talking about your work, some of the various experts that you've interviewed. Mm -hmm. And during the break, you were telling me about some interesting work that you've been doing Talking about healing from trauma and pain, tell us a little bit about the guest who helped you explore that topic. So the guest who helped me explore that was Carol Zarska. Carol Zarska is 80 years old. She's been counseling for the last 50, 60 years. Wow. And her whole method, um, the, the, the reason why she got into this whole approach is because she had a, um adopted child. Mm-hmm. And a, God told her to adopt this child. And the child was had a lot of emotional pain. Okay. And when she was adopting the child, you know, on the outside with her kids and with her family, everything was really good. But mm-hmm. every time she started kind of interacting with this child, she'd get very angry. Okay. And she went to God and she started asking him, why am I getting so angry? What is the reason? And God started to show her the reason why. And it didn't, it wasn't a surface thing. He started reveal to her things that went back to her childhood. Went back to she, Carol's own childhood. Yes, that showed her why she was so emotionally acting out in anger. And it had to do with the abuse of her father that resulted oh. in her um, 
reacting and responding to anger to her adopted child. And her counseling method is what I use um, to help people to heal from trauma. And actually, not even just what I use to help people, but what I use myself to heal from my own trauma and pain. I had to go back to the root. Uh of why uh I felt the way I felt. And it God showed me many, many times um, that it it traced back to to, uh, my parents, my mother and my father. And he he showed me instances and situations that have happened that have dictated my actions and my reactions over a period of time. Wow. So let me see if I'm, I'm getting this right. So you started by telling us about a radio guest who's impacted you as well as your listeners now. Carol Zarska, and you say Carol had been the victim of abuse as a child. Yes. She thought she was over all that. I mean, fifth generation, you know, in the church and very strong in the church and has a strong base spiritual foundation, very grounded spiritually, loves the Lord and has a family and just adopted a child. Mm -hmm. But this child is what God used to show her the deeper motives in her heart. So there was stuff going on in the background that she wasn't even aware of. Thought she kind of moved on beyond Mm -hmm. that, and she was still struggling with those things. Exactly. On a certain level. So you said she actually uses a technique when it comes to counseling. Mm -hmm. You've been using it yourself Mm -hmm. as you help your clients. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some of the high points of that? Someone's listening to the show right now. So speak to that person who maybe has a history of abuse in their own family. Right. Can they help themselves? Exactly. Well, it's a process of getting to the root of your pain. Mm -hmm. So what you want to ask yourself, because what we're going through, whenever we're agitated and irritated, and we all have these feelings, it's never on the surface. It's always something deeper. Uh It's never the issue. And and a lot of times when you're mad or frustrated about something, you may say yourself, that's not really why I'm upset. Mm. It may have been something else, but you, we forget because we're people when we had, you know, we just, that's just how our brains work. We don't remember. And so this process is the, is the method of taking those negative feelings, those negative emotions and dissecting them and really figuring out because the goal is if you're trying to live a happy life, if you're trying to live a life where you're not just surviving, but you're thriving, you don't want to just focus on surface stuff. Okay. You want to go deeper so that you're thriving in your life. Uh-huh. But if you're only looking at things from a surface approach, how can you get there? And so in order for us to go beyond that, we have to really start to dissect. Well, why am I irritated? Why am I agitated? Why did that make me angry? Why did that person frustrate me? Really start to dissect those feelings and emotions and discover what the real root of it is. And when you discover what the real root of it is, then you're no longer going to be impacted. And it's not going to dictate how you respond. Okay. So here I'm trying to process this. What I'm just wondering, Denitra, is can't I just be upset about something happening? For example... This has not happened here at this convention, um, and it's not something that would typically affect me, I don't think. But let's say I uh, tell a person, okay, I'm blocking off uh, an hour to do a radio interview with you. So come over to the booth here. Uh, you know, when I finish with Denitra, and let's say I give him a specific time and uh, be here, and I've carved out my whole schedule for you. Right. And so this person does not come. They don't show up. And I start getting angry because I 
told some other people I couldn't interview them then, could I not just be angry because of that situation? Or would you say if you're angry and I can't roll with the flow, there's probably something else going on? I'm going to tell you how I would do it. Okay. I can't, I can't tell someone else what they would do. But uh-huh. if it were my, if it were me and I got angry with somebody because they were supposed to be here at a certain time, they were supposed to do this, they're supposed to do that. I would go back to God and I would say, God, I'm frustrated right now. Uh-huh. What is, why am I really frustrated? Huh, okay. Okay. What is the reason why I'm irritated? Why mm. am I agitated? Because I believe that we can respond like Christ all the time. And how would you respond to this? If somebody didn't, sh- if this person didn't show up, how would you, what would be your response? And a lot of times he'll show me that maybe I, I I'm frustrated because my dad, was never on time. Okay, okay. And he irritated me. Okay. And this type of situation is producing that same emotion. Uh-huh. And once he shows me that and I work through it with him, even if they didn't show up, it doesn't bother me. Now, is it an inconvenience? Yes. But does it bother me and irritate me and frustrate me? No. I like this. I like this. So basically what you're saying is whether someone says this is how Jesus would res- respond or whether they say, how would a good member of the community respond? I mean, mm-hmm. how do you build community? How do you build family? Mm-hmm. If someone's late for an appointment, maybe instead of jumping to the conclusion that they're showing you up or interfering with your plans, mm-hmm. maybe you should be concerned. Maybe something happened exactly. to them, right? Mm-hmm. So I like this. But it's hard to be to have that type of response, that out-focused response, mm-hmm. when we automatically respond to a negative emotion. Because okay. the first thing you do is you self-protect. You get upset, you get frustrated, and you want to defend yourself. Why didn't they show up? Why didn't they come through? Why didn't they? Those are all modes of self-protection. But when we allow God to really change our deeper motives and reveal to us the root problem, that's what I call it, then we can start to be more outward focused. So that's your first inclination to think, well, maybe something happened. Mm-hmm. Well, is that person okay? Well, maybe I need to pray with them, pray for them to see if they're going to get here on time. Well, God, maybe it wasn't meant. Mm-hmm. Maybe you had okay. another plan. I mean, you start to think outwardly versus thinking inwardly. Excellent, excellent. I appreciate that perspective. So here we're talking with a licensed clinical social worker. Her job is helping people, connecting the dots. And I'm going to just tell you personally, since I do see patients in a clinical setting, I value the the social workers that we have in our community. And just to kind of expand the, the dialogue about what social workers do, if I have a patient in the office and they say, you know, I can't afford my medications mm-hmm. or I don't know, you know, how I get transportation or, mm-hmm. you know, all these practical things, I mean, that's one of my go-to people mm-hmm. as a social worker. Is that pretty common in different settings? It is pretty common. And I it's common, but I wish that uh – that people in these settings are, are those who I work with and those who so, we work with as social workers would also see the uh, counseling, the deep counseling that we do, mm-hmm. because this that's very meaningful too. Mm-hmm. when a patient is hurting emotionally. I work in dialysis and I get a lot of patients that are depressed, mm-hmm. but I don't see them as much as the nurse sees them. And so a lot of times the nurse will hear, but she won't necessarily talk to me about it and tell me because they just identify us as the resource person. Okay. And so there's a resource person where the, we are the resource gurus. Uh-huh. Yes, we are. We can try our best to find something for you in, in the community, but we also offer support 
and counseling. And that's what we're trained to do, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, to offer support and help people to look at things in different ways and different perspectives. Now, I appreciate that balanced perspective. And you bring that whole perspective back into play when you're behind the mic as a radio host, don't you? Exactly. It's all about helping people and giving them the emotional tools to live their lives based on getting their needs met emotionally and mentally and being healed. So tell us a little bit more. Now, you've been walking us through some of the content of some of your programs. You told us about the show where you focused on male and female kind of interpersonal conflict and communication. You've told us a little bit about... Uh, having Carol Zarska as a guest and helping people who have traumatic life events in their in their background. What have been some other impactful shows that that you say, boy, this really met a need? Well, one of them is Parenting God's Way. Hmm. Parenting God's Way is so important because a lot of times as parents, we want to um, change the behavior. Okay. But we don't want to focus on really meeting the need as a child. Wow. So if a child is screaming and yelling and getting on our nerves, so to speak, our first inclination most of the time is to change the behavior, mm. not so much to change, uh, figure out the need. And so, um, parenting God's way is one of the, one of the other excellent episodes to help you to, um, change your perspective. Wow. We're, we want to talk about, uh, parenting styles and whether you label it God's ways or whether you see how it connects with some of your traditional values, you're going to appreciate that. We're going to be back with Denitra in our next segment. I'm Dr. DeRose. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke. Sudden weakness on one side or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. 
Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose in our virtual studio. We're in a convention hall in Orlando, Florida. It's the ASI 2018 International Convention. And uh, actually, I'm looking across the way. Right across from me is the Native Ministries booth. I'm looking across the other aisle, and there is Life Talk Radio. So Life Talk Radio is one of the radio networks that carry our show. Uh, right next to me is a uh, another arm of kind of Native Ministries, actually uh, uh, run by a uh, Cherokee tribal member. We're going to try to get him on the show before too long. But we are going strong here on today's program, seeing all kinds of good people walking by through our virtual studio. Across from me is another one of those great people, Denitra Geary. You've been listening to her sharing about her show. And uh, if you're just joining us, Denitra, I'm going to give you a chance again to let our listeners know a little bit about the show that you host. Tell us. It's called Surviving to Thriving, Total Freedom from a Biblical Approach. So it's all about helping you to survive and thriving, uh, to survive and thrive, doing just that. It's helping you to understand, take the biblical foundations, the biblical principles of the Bible, and, and apply them to your practical life. This is such a, a great concept. And as we mentioned earlier, these biblical principles are principles often when you look at them, people will say, well, I don't believe in the Bible. I'm not a Christian. I'm an adherent of a, a traditional native uh, uh, religion or belief system. But these are principles that, that we value in yep. our tribe or in our culture. And you've been talking about respect for people, mm -hmm. about helping. We want to talk now about another theme that you kind of led into uh, for us in our last segment and that is this this whole dimension of uh, of families, mm -hmm. right? Tell right. us a little bit about why you're interested in that topic. Well, as I was talking about earlier, I come from a dysfunctional family, and having to um, just seeing a lot of the uh, of all the mess in my family is interesting because I am not a I'm not a dysfunctional person, okay, um, uh, so to speak, and, and I say that meaning that I'm very organized. I'm very organized, very um, practical very economical. I like to take things and, and figure out the best way to, to look at them and see them. So me coming from a, um, or a, a disorganized, um, dysfunctional family, I always felt out of place. Mm. I felt like, why am I here with these people? I should not be here. And so the whole purpose of what I'm doing is to help to restore the family unit, because I believe when the, um, family unit is restored, uh, the world can be changed. Hmm. And so I really, um, my purpose is to help to restore the family unit. And that's really what surviving to thriving is all about because these principles are all about female, female communication, okay. um, parenting, uh -huh. uh, healing from trauma and pain, uh -huh. all the things that, uh, all the practical tools and tips and uh, foundation that you need in order to maintain and have a, a healed, whole, complete family unit. Um, which I think is, is life-changing for everybody, for the community, for the world, e everyone. Well, let's talk about that. So someone's listening right now, and they say, my family is a mess. Mm -hmm. Okay, totally messed up. And what can I do? What kind of practical pointers 
you did a show featuring this topic. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some insights? Well, I did a show featuring I'll, – uh, it was called Healing from Trauma and Childhood Pain because I believe that if you want to change your family, you got to first start with you. Okay. okay. Because, I, I, like I said, me coming from the family I came from, God used me to help to influence the, 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 fam- the family unit, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was just, why are you doing this? Because this is, this is some foolishness. I don't want to be the one to change my family. I just want to live my life. Mm-hmm. But God took me through this whole process, and now I am the one who is the influence er, influencer in my family. And so I believe that it starts with you. Um, healing from your trauma, healing from your hurt, healing from your pain, and, and starting that first with you so that you can influence those in the family unit. And also parenting. I was talking about parenting a little earlier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, If you're a parent and you're really struggling with how to get your kids under control and how to make an impact in your family, because we want to be the best parent. And um, I really believe that uh, there's certain practical tips that you can use as far as just it's more than just meeting the need, um, um, changing the behavior of the child. A Mm -hmm. lot of times as parents, we get irritated with the yelling, the screaming, the temper tantrums so to speak, especially when we're out in public and it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But this method of parenting is about helping to, to figure out the need of the child. And if you can get that concept, that can help to change your whole communication style with everybody else. Mm. Because when someone isn't healed and whole, you'd be surprised how they revert back to their childlike ways. Okay. So when you're okay. interacting with other people uh-huh. and you start to see them act childlike, uh-huh. you can really revert to this type of communication style and try to help them meet the, how to get their needs met. It's mm. really an out-focused way of communicating with people, and it's all about love. Let's talk about life-changing stories. I know people, they say, yeah, these concepts are, are good, but what does it look like in real life? As a licensed clinical social worker, You've dealt with people dealing with all kinds of conflict, all kinds of trauma. As a radio host, right. you're sharing this information. You hear other experts sharing stories. Tell us a story, whether it's a personal story or a story of someone else whose life was changed by applying some of these principles. Well, I'm going to use myself because I have a whole lot of stories. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, well, one of them, the biggest, one of the biggest stories is that my brother committed suicide. Oh, he, wow. He shot himself about two, year, two years ago, 2014, so almost four years ago now. Time just flies so fast. Uh-huh. But when he shot himself, um, he did it in a graveyard out of nowhere. Um, we didn't really, really know how much trauma he was going through. Uh-huh. And so um, it was very traumatic. I struggled with a lot of PTSD because I was the first one to drop everything. I dropped everything mm-hmm. and was the first family member, ex- uh, first, you know, extended family member, so to speak, to be there. He, he had three kids and a wife, and she was there, but I was the, his sister. I was the first one there. And so um, I was the social worker for two weeks. I did not heal or t- deal with it. I I made all the arrangements for his funeral. So when I got back home, I had to deal with it. Um, and it was a struggle. I had PTSD and I had insomnia and anxiety for about two years and I could not sleep for more than three, four hours at a time. And I'm a sleeper. If you know me, my, my original person that I am, I I don't have a problem sleeping. And so, um, I went through all this hurt and all this pain and I really started to allow, and I was on, you know, a a couple of psychiatric medication Mm -hmm. to help to keep me afloat so I could sleep and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I was depressed and just went through all this whole process Mm -hmm. as a result of that. And God really worked with me to get to the root of why I felt the way that I felt. 
not just it went back, it went further than just my brother, but it went back to our childhood and things that we experienced in childhood that were very hurtful, very painful abuse, molestation, sexual abuse that went Mm -hmm. on in our family that a lot of people didn't see. On the outward, we look really good, but inwardly it was a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. And God went back with me through all that. And he kind of like opened my book, so to speak. And show me those things Mm -hmm. that conflicted with me being closer with him. Mm -hmm. And as he went back with me and showed me those things, that anxiety um, is no longer there. Mm -hmm. That hurt, that pain, that trauma, that fear, that depression, the insomnia, you know, um, all of that is gone. And, um, And so I know that this process works because I have been through it and I know what I've been through. And I and we all have a story. Um, but my story was a very painful story and, and I'm healed because of it. So I know that it works. Well, let's talk a little bit more, kind of break this down because we're talking about suicide now. And this is such a, a huge issue. Mm-hmm. I was just at a national Indian health board conference where the focus was on mental health. Mm-hmm. And one of the topics that was discussed was suicide. It's yep. an epidemic throughout really much of the world, mm-hmm. definitely in the United States, definitely in Indian country. Yep. And we had people sharing stories. Mm -hmm. A former U.S. senator got up, shared his story about Mm -hmm. how suicide had impacted his life, Mm -hmm. his family's life. And I think one of the things that many people deal with when there's a suicide in the family is guilt. Yeah. And was that one of the things that you dealt with? It definitely was because my brother, he was very close to my father. Uh And my father died when I was 20, when we were 25. So when my father died, he didn't have anyone to communicate with. Cause he told my father everything. And so my brother and I were, would fight as soon as I got to know him, as soon as I came out and knew him and he knew me, we would fight. We were always at each other's, at each other's throat. I mean, whether we were fighting over a toy or we were, whether we were fighting about whatever. Uh And so my guilt was that I did not connect with him. Now that I know what I know about communication Uh and love and how to communicate with people, my guilt was that I didn't communicate with him in a way that really showed him love, that I spent so much time fighting with him and Mm -hmm. I really didn't love him Mm -hmm. because I didn't meet a lot of needs. There were some things that he would say to me, like, you're not a good sister, you know, just stuff that you say, which is, to your siblings when they upset you. <laughs> and I just believe that I could have um, shown him more love and communicating with him. And I, and I hate that we fought the way that we did. Uh-huh. People know when people know me and my brother by the way that we fought. Mm-hmm. Every time I saw him, we fought and we would have big, huge blow ups okay. like where he, it would almost get physical. Wow. It was crazy, uh-huh. you know? And I just, I hate that. Um, that I didn't give him something different. Uh-huh. And that was that was my guilt that I suffered with. And that um, God has really had to work with me on because um, it's, a, it's, it's a struggle because I know what he went through emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could have been there for him more. Uh-huh. And so that's that got. But you know what? God wants to heal our minds. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He wants to heal us from all the hurt and the pain. And he can do that no mm-hmm. matter how severe and how, how traumatic it is. Yeah, I, to me, one of the things that helps, and you tell me if this resonates with you, Denitra, is, you know, we blame ourselves. We say, if I had just been, you know, more present for the person, if I had just recognized the signs, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, all that's, all those are great lessons right. for someone listening today. You know, so the take home, one take home lesson is be sensitive to those people in your environment. Yeah. Uh, be responsive to those people, you know, in your family. Try to see what their needs are, even if they rub you the wrong way. Right. But once we go through that loss, 
we're basically all broken people, right? right? You know, we've all got our issues. And the fact that we didn't maybe pick up on something, you know, it's not all on us. I mean, exactly. you know, people are part of a, you know, some people want to say a global village, but at right. least they're part of a tribe or a right. community or an extended family. And we can't beat ourselves up just because we're broken so much that we didn't recognize someone else's need. We can't drag ourselves exactly. more through the dirt. Right. Um, and then it just basically multiplies the impact of it, doesn't it? Right. And that's why I, that is why I believe so strongly in what I believe in, mm -hmm. because it gets you out of that guilt cycle. It gets you out of that cycle of having to t be the one to take everything on, mm -hmm. be the one to take on all the emotional hurt and pain of not just yourself, but everybody else. Mm -hmm. It gets you in the cycle of really giving it to God and working through it with him and being a whole complete person. Mm -hmm. And because I don't have to take on my brother's guilt and his pain, uh, even though I did fight with him, even though I wasn't perfect and I didn't say the right things, I don't have to take on that guilt. And, and, and God doesn't want me to. He doesn't intend for me to. Um, and, and that was something I did. And I'm just glad that now I have freedom mm -hmm. to know that, you know what, that wasn't the best approach, but God has created me into someone new. And now I can respond and react to other people in different ways. And I can take maybe what I should have done and apply it in a different way to someone else mm -hmm. through love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I love this uh, concept that comes from the whole field of behavioral health. And that is instead of looking at areas where we've quote failed, as being things that make us less valuable if we realize that we learn lessons we learn lessons every time we every time every time we slip there are practical lessons that we learn that actually can be life changing and can help us be more effective as we help others we got to step away just uh, briefly we'll be back with more on today's edition of American Indian Living I'm Dr. David DeRose don't go away we've got more right after this Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand and someone called for me. 
because everyone acted quickly. Doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You are back with Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. We are in our final segment of today's show, and we've got an amazing, uh, well, an amazing reunion. Mm-hmm. It's taking place right across from me. Denitra Gary is still with us, but next to her now is Jean Marie Smith. She's a doctor of naturopathy. Jean-Marie, we're hoping to have you on a whole show, but it was just too good to pass up you joining us for the last segment because there's a connection here, isn't there, Denitra? Yes. So Jean-Marie and I met in the park. And, okay, you can meet anybody in the park, but this was a divine connection that I had with this woman. She was walking down the street just looking. So I, I was looking at her from a distance, and I was thinking, she looked so heavenly. She looked like she was floating in the air, just had, an, had was having just a delightful day. And I was just walking my dog, and we stopped in the middle of the street, and she asked me something spiritual. I can't remember exactly what she asked, but I connected with what she said. And at that time, as I was talking about earlier, my brother had been almost a year that he had committed suicide, and I started talking to her about it. And, and we ended the conversation praying and crying in mm. the middle of the park. And um, two weeks later, I didn't really know too much about her, but I said, well, I want to go out to lunch with her. So we went out to lunch together and I asked her a question about the Lord. And it was a question that I had always wanted to know. And she answered it so eloquently and and, and so uh, intelligently and articulately that I knew that this woman knows exactly what she's talking about. And I was joined with her at the hip. It just so happened that we lived 10 minutes from each other. I was a six minute walk from her house. And so almost three, about four or five nights a week, I would meet with her at her house. Um, Either she would come to mine or I would come to hers. And we would study sometimes till 10, 11 o'clock at night. Wow, wow. Studying the Bible together for about, for one year, she studied the Bible with me. She was joined with me at the hip. I had nobody uh, in the particular denomination, the new denomination I converted to. I had nobody. I didn't know anyone. And so I spent a lot of time at church with her and her husband and studying the Bible and spending time with them, getting to know them. And she told me a whole different um outlook on life that I had never I had never seen from anyone and uh because of her health background she also helped me to change my diet Mm -hmm. and taught me a whole lot of different things about my diet that I had never known this is an amazing story because many people have these life-changing encounters Mm -hmm. you're speaking from a a Christian spiritual standpoint a biblical standpoint we've seen that that's part of your worldview but we've had other people on the show who've had similar experiences where they say they had a, a connection really yes. with their culture again. They yes. they got crea- uh, connected with the creator through re- coming moving back to the reservation mm-hmm. and, and uh, connecting with their tribal elders. So it's often this connection with another person or people and then a connection with God or mm-hmm. a creator. And often these amazing life transformations take place. Yes. Now, here you're sitting next now to Jean Marie. And Jean Marie, 
I mean, I think a lot of people are listening. This is a doctor. I mean, how does a doctor spend five nights a week with anybody in their home? I mean, were you just at a point in your life where you're wondering what to do? <laughs> well, it's just amazing how when it needs to be there, it was there. And mm -hmm. that is ta the gift of time. At the time, I was just working part-time, mm -hmm. and so the Lord just had the space. Now, my husband was another issue, though, because I think Denitra would have been there seven nights a week if it okay. hadn't been for my dear husband, uh -huh. who was like, honey, you got to spend some time with me. Okay, well, good for him. <laughs> so, anyhow, so, uh, so we had to set a boundary and only uh -huh. had those seven nights a week. But yet, I can tell you that um, just before I met Denitra, I had been praying, and I just had the desire in the heart to mentor a young woman. Huh. I really wanted, I felt that in, as a middle-aged woman, that I had many things that I wanted to pass on to the next generation. Uh -huh. And so I, I prayed for an opportunity to do that. And very shortly after that, within a couple of weeks probably, I met Denitra in the park. And it's interesting because the day that we met, I felt a, an immediate connection with her. And I really wanted to be able to mentor her, but I left it up to her to contact me, which she did. Uh -huh. Well, we had lunch that first day in the restaurant before I left. To meet her, I prayed, and I said, Lord, I don't know this woman, mm -hmm. but I want to be able to be a blessing to her. So give me the thoughts and the words that I need to be able to share with her. Whatever her needs are, I want to help her with her needs. Mm -hmm. And so when we were in the restaurant together, and we were, I don't even know when we finally ordered, we were talking so much, mm -hmm. but she asked me a question, what happens when you die? Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, oh, and then she mentioned a specific Bible verse that she had read and wondered what it meant. And in my mind, I said, Lord, I'm not really sure how to explain this to make it be understood. Please help me. And I just said that in my mind prayerfully. And then I just started talking and sharing what I did understand. And I just kept sharing with her. And the words just came to my mind. And it just flowed out. And I was able to satisfy her heart needs. Uh -huh. And then we became friends after that. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate so much about this story because it, it, it comes back full circle. Denitra started by sharing that her kind of life work is to meet people's needs. Mm -hmm. And really, it grows out of someone who is praying yep. about how to meet someone else's needs yep. and, uh, and a creator that connected your lives. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's really this kind of circle of, some people call it a circle of beneficence yes. or, or, or giving back good or Whatever it is, and in different cultures, whether it's in a, a tribal culture, whether right. it's in a Christian worldview or Jewish or Muslim or Buddhist. I mean, it's interesting as you look at uh, religions throughout the world, people believe in, in giving back and sharing and caring for your own and, and looking out for other people. And it so seems it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. You look at, at the indigenous roots that everyone has all over the world, and it's all focused on caring for one another, giving back. And yet our modern culture is so focused on, you know, what's in it for me mm. and taking care of myself. And uh, I'm number one, if you will. And, and what can I do to get ahead? And how can I better myself? It's just a very interesting yes. contrast, mm -hmm. isn't it? It is. And, you know, I believe that God is a conduit of love. Mm. And if you know what a conduit is, a conduit is continual, continually always pouring out. Mm. And he wants to heal us in such a way that we pour out to others. We pour nothing but love out to others. And essentially, um, me meeting Jean Marie is pretty much the catalyst, like you said, of what we discussed. It was her 
really pouring out her love to me and me being able to respond to that love. And I, now I, I've become whole and changed and I'm able to pour out to others mm-hmm. because I wasn't able to pour out to others. I mean, mm-hmm. I poured out, but it wasn't love. You know, it was agitation, mm-hmm. irritation, frustration, irritability, all these different things. But because God changed my heart in such a deep way, I'm not able to really try to give that back and pour pour out love and meet the needs of, of others. Now, let me see if I understand this, though. But before you met Jean, you were a licensed clinical social worker, I was right? a licensed clinical social worker, and I was a Christian, too. Uh-huh. Um, but there were just certain things that I, I could not get to mentally, and I mm. didn't understand. Mm. And there were certain hurts and pains that I was struggling with that I didn't um, I didn't have any concept of how to heal from. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so meeting her and studying with her and getting to know her it impacted my life in such a way that I was changed, he- healed, and, and um, whole. And it also helped me to impl- it, it, it impact my practice and how I practice and teach others. Because there was only so many concepts that I could give other people, mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't know. And so once I learned, I was able to, I'm able to help others, um, and specifically women. I work with women because I feel that women are influencers, we are very strong influencers. We're mouthpieces. And when we're healed and complete, we can affect the entire family unit. And because of the emotional pain that I went through as a woman, woman, I have such a burden for women. Now, Jean Marie, we've been, we've been hearing about biblical principles. Do some of these principles transcend the Bible or is some of it you say, you know what? It is a Christian worldview. That's the only way I can help someone. Or do some of you see what I'm asking? You know, the, it's interesting because what what the Bible records as ancient principles way back, you know, thousands of years ago, I found personally and professionally that these are timeless principles. Mm. And whether a person believes in God, whether a person believes that they are they are made by a, a wonderful divine designer they still are benefited in implementing these principles in their lives, whether it's a social principle, whether it's a, an intellectual principle, whether it's a physical principle. Mm. Excellent. You know, I would love to have you do a, a full show with me. Are you going to be able to do that, maybe even this convention? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Our time, though, has just about slipped away as far yes. as this interview. Denitra, you've been a great guest. I know that you do have an interview with Jean Marie, is that right, on your radio station? I do. She is the she did the show on the natural laws of health. Natural laws of health. Mm-hmm. Tell us again how someone can tap into your radio show, maybe listen to that episode or others. So you can go to my website. There's a list of all the episodes at www.complementandcomplete.com. That's complementandcomplete.com. Compliment with an E, not an I. C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T. You can also go to www.w4cy.com. You can go to iHeartRadio or you can go to voiceamerica.com. Okay, I'm going to try to make it as simple as I can. And if I go to W4CY.com. The four is in the number. A number. Mm -hmm. So W, then the number four, CY.com. You can see all the episodes there. I just have to remember the title of your show. Is that right? Surviving to Thriving. Total Freedom from a Biblical Approach. Denitra, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Jean Marie, thanks for joining us for this final segment. You're welcome. And thank you, every one of you, for tuning in today to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose, as always, wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One.
the Native American Radio Network.